are back in the football shed this time for a shed special where we look at a part of football in a bit more detail. My name's John Hewitt and Roger Gibbs is with me. Hello. Hi, Roger. You excited about the first ever uh, shed special, if I can actually say shed special? <laughs> Let's see how many times <laughs> we can make you say shed, shed special, special in a two minute spell. Uh, yeah, no, I am. I'm, I'm excited. I must admit, I would be more excited. Uh, if we were talking about the championship and Bristol City were still involved in this conversation, but alas, they no, aren't. Bristol City just faded away. And then this morning, Stephen Gerrard's turned down Bristol City as to be manager, hasn't he? Hmm. Do you know, Bristol City were involved in the only game in the championship this morning that didn't mean anything. <laughs> so, yeah, this said special, said special. <laughs> is about the championship um, that, as we've said, finished early this morning with 11 games out of 12 meaning something. So the Bristol... Who did Bristol City play? Uh, Preston. Oh, boring. Um, but before we start, I'll do a bit of admin and then we'll have a championship-based question. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question or talk more about the championship, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed, or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And of course, tell your mates so more people can hear us talk about football. Now, Rog, your championship-based question. Leeds got promoted, which is yes. very exciting, as champions. How many managers have Leeds had since they were last in the Premier League oh. in 2004? So lots. 16 years ago. How many owners have they had? In their <laughs> lots? Yeah, almost as many. <laughs> um, how many managers have they had? What? When did you say, sorry? 20... 2004. 2004. 16 managers. They've had 15 managers. Oh. <laughs> In 16 years. Yeah, one a year. Pretty good record. They've had some shocking... They've had Kevin Blackwell, Dennis Wise, Gary McAllister, Simon Grayson, Neil Warnock, which I missed there, Brian McDermott, David Hockaday, Darko Milanic, Neil Redfern, Uwe Rossler of Man City yes. fame. yeah. Great haircut. Steve, Steve Evans, the worst manager of all time, Gary Monk, Thomas Christensen, Paul Heckingbottom, and then Marcelo Bielsa. Who just like when you reel off all those names and then you say Bielsa, like it is doesn't make any sense. No, it's just this one out of the bag. It's just com- completely bizarre that he ever even came to Leeds. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's start on Leeds. They did get promoted as champions. They're back in the Premier League. Um, is Bielsa just a genius? Um, he's a flawed genius. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I am incredibly excited to see him in the Premier League like everything that comes with it like from a football sense you know the um his weird mannerisms and the sideshow that goes with everything sitting on a bucket that he does sitting on a bucket and um you know his uh grasp of the English language but how he just you know embraces that he doesn't have much of a grasp of it and he's just an absolute character and I mean it's it's a little bit of an interesting one in that you know the two um, most revered managers in the Premier League at the moment are acolytes of yeah. a man managing a team in the Championship, which is which is quite interesting. Um, and I'm just fascinated to, to to see him back there. But I mean, Leeds 
that is a long time for Leeds to be mm. out of the. They are a big club, you know. If we if we go back far enough to Dirty Leeds, you know, they were a, a very <laughs> successful, um, you, you know, club. The the Don Remy seventies yeah, um, era, um, you know, they're obviously one of the one of the biggest clubs in Europe at that point. Um, I think Australians will be excited to have Leeds. But it's funny as soon as the um, they went up I saw you know Optus released their promotional Best of Harry but, and but, yeah, it was, <laughs> but my favourite thing about it was it was Kewell and Viduka but they managed to sandwich Tony Yeboah goals in there yes. because they were just so good that they couldn't leave them out <laughs> um, and like Bielsa has come in and he's not really signed anyway. It's not like he's come in with loads of money and gone yeah I'll spend millions and millions and buy the best players in the championship He's just taken the squad they've had and made them into better players. He's kind of he's tweaked the whole system. He's changed how they train. He changes their whole philosophy, and they play incredible football. Um, but he's not done it with any money, really. He spent a bit of money and quite badly, but he's basically just made the current players a bit better. Which is some low knees too. I mean, uh, uh, Jack Harrison from Man City's mm. had a very good year this year. Um, He's um, already signed for next year as well. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. And there's a centre back who one of the big things this year has been. I was really surprised that they sold Pontus Janssen at the start of this mm. year to yeah. Brentford because he was probably one of Lee's best players last year. Um. And, you know, he was a leader and he, you know, he was their main centre-back and then they sold him to one of their, uh, you know, title rivals, rivals, if you like. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a bit bizarre um, and not for much money either. Um, but then they immediately signed, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he is a Brighton Oh, the guy on loan from Brighton. Yes. Yeah, who yeah. is looks really good and has had a brilliant year. He's, a, he's essentially a ball-playing um centre-back but that sort of sums up Bielsa in that you know he obviously has a very 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 clear way of playing and you know wasn't too worried about losing Jansen because he'd already identified that this you get this young kid on loan who would be able to and do why? the job yeah yes, yeah and he has yeah, well, and but Ben White is definitely going back to Brighton next year because Graham Potter wants him back at Brighton. So yeah, he gonna, rates him. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big. Do, do you think Leeds can survive in the Premier League next year, or can they do well? Are they going to do a Wolves and come top seven or eight, or are they? Is it a step I, too far? Uh, I think they'll have to spend money, but it's mm. fascinating. It's another. I mean, I think we've had a couple of. Uh, there were a few years there where really it was a bit of a revolving door between the championship and um and the premier league and you know generally most years it was at least two clubs going back down yeah um and you know teams were coming up with you know very very low expectations just wanting to survive hopefully survive and play horrible yeah you know hopefully then the best case scenario they might survive um you know all of a sudden there's a few managers that have changed that a bit but i think to have um you know, Sheffield United and, and Chris Wilder back for another year. And, you know, he's been so innovative this year and won so many fans and people that hadn't seen his team play before suddenly 
yeah, we talked about it earlier this year on the shed. They were um, all over the European papers. You know, it's like yeah, the front yeah. page of the sports papers in <laughs> Italy, which is which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I think to then, uh, you know, get somebody like Bielsa, who is a, you know, he's he's a household name in football. Yeah, the world of football knows who he is. Yeah, and so I think to, you know, for him to come in as well, it's a great advert for the championship. Um, it's so I think it was so good that he stayed and stuck it out for another year because they did come so close last year. Mm. Um, and I'm just fascinated. I have no idea. I think it'll either go really well or really badly. I don't think yeah. there'll be a middle a middle ground. <laughs> yeah, <I agree>. yeah. <laughs> um, but whatever happens, it will be absolutely fascinating. I have a sneaky feeling it's going to go really well and really badly in the same season. I can see them being sick at Christmas and relegated at the end of the year. <laughs> it's just going to go brilliantly, and then it's all going to go wrong. With will they spend money? Do you think? I don't think I don't think they've got huge amounts of money. They've got some, and obviously you get some for going up. But Bielsa's not a big spender of money he's much more I'll take a player and I'll improve them and I might change their position and change the way they do things um they'll have to bring in a few just squad numbers and they've lacked a goal scorer um they've got Patrick Bamford up front who's good but just hasn't scored enough goals to be considered well to be fair to him he's got on the goals this year that they needed to come up and he scored some mm. important goals, but there's always been knocks on him as to is he good enough in the to cut it in the Premier League. Yeah, so we'll see. But let's go on to the games that uh, happened this morning at four thirty in the morning. So Roger and I are a bit dopey. Uh, <laughs> West Brom um, somehow managed to scrape second. So there, this morning, West Brom, Brentford, or Fulham could have got an automatic promotion, um, and West Brom drew two all with QPR. Fulham drew one all with Wigan. And so that meant Brentford, if they won, would have got promoted and they lost to relegated, relegated threatened Barnsley. It was absolute carnage. Which two defeats in a in a row for Brentford. They I feel I really feel for them. So they've been the form team in England. Uh you know, they've they won, won eight in a row. Eight in a row through um lockdown, score, scoring for fun. Um but it was always playing catch up. And then at the weekend, for the first time, they had their destiny in their own hands. And all yeah. they needed to do was win. Um, and I Stoke. Wa- again, well. uh, no, Stoke to today. But, uh, oh, no, sorry. Was it Stoke? Yeah, Stoke at the weekend. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I watched that game and it was, you could just see it. It was like they froze. Yeah. And it was just, it was a dire game. And you, I worried for them for today, having watched them at the weekend, because they just looked like a bunch of players that suddenly knew how to just riding on the game and they yeah. just panicked. Yeah, and they've got I mean they've got some really good young players like Ben Rama, their number ten, who's brilliant. And I've like I've not watched lots of him, but I've watched the last two Brentford games and he is better than everyone else in that team. Um Ollie Watkins, the striker's pretty good, but I think the big thing for Brentford, if they don't go up in the playoffs now, is if they can keep hold of Ben Rama. Because I think Premier League clubs are already sniffing around. Yeah, well, there's this, their whole front three you've smashed in the goals this year. I forget the name of the other guy, but Arsenal have been um, mm. sniffing around him as well. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think they'll... Um, and uh, we know that Brentford have had success from selling. 
their best yeah, players. And that's, so that, I, that's part of their philosophy, is it? It's a bit yeah. of a, it's a Jeff King philosophy, sell your best players. Um, so, I, I mean, I think they will. I think if they don't go up, then they, they will sell yeah. those players. But, I mean, the good thing is they won't get hung up about it. They will just, you know... They'll, they'll, they'll just move real. on. They have a big philosophy in place of kind of just keeping through the young players coming through and they treat their reserve team a lot different to a lot of ways that other people do. So that when you come into the first team, you should just slot in without even thinking yeah. about it. But it's a little bit disappointing because like West Brom, we've seen a so lot boring. of West Brom in recent years. Like I'm, I'm just not that... Do you know the most exciting thing about West Brom coming up probably is... I kind of like Slaven Bilic. I don't necessarily yeah. think he's a very good football coach. But he's um, a nice guy. He's a he's nice a, guy. He's and he's an, he's an in, yeah, he's just an interesting character. So I don't mind seeing Bilic back. The most I think exciting he's a better thing, pundit than coach. Yes. <laughs> the most exciting thing about West Brom this morning was the fact that Chris Brunt came off the bench. And after recording The Shed last night and Jeff going, oh, Chris Brunt doesn't still play. Apparently he does. Been there wow. 13 years. So, uh, but yeah, last night was his last game. So... Leeds are up, West Brom are up, Brentford finished third, Fulham and Cardiff are also in the playoffs, which was kind of standard. We knew what was going to happen. But the other thing that was utterly ridiculous last night was that Swansea were seventh and three points behind Nottingham Forest and had a six-goal worst goal difference or five oh, They goal... needed a six-goal swing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, with 20 minutes to go... Um, Stoke were beating Not Forest only 2-1 so they still um, have still need extra goals there and Swansea were only winning 1-0 2-0 and then the last 20 minutes it just went nuts they end up winning 4-1 Stoke beat Nottingham Forest 4-1 and Swansea made it into the playoffs yeah two late goals it's ridiculous <laughs> that it was brilliant because there were so many goals today I had the updates going and it just was uh, I mean, I, I can't count all the goals quickly, but there were a lot of goals this morning yeah. in the championship. Well, because Stoke scored... I'm sorry, Swansea scored in the 91st minute to put them 4-1 up. And then Stoke scored their fourth to make it 4-1 against Nottingham Forest in the 96th minute. So if you're Nottingham Forest, you just got to not lose 4-1 and you concede in the 96th minute to lose 4-1. That's pretty it's pretty dire. damning to Forrest, yeah. yeah. Losing 4-1 at home to a team that have don't have anything to play for because Stoke was yeah. safe after their win against Brentford at the weekend, I think is pretty bad. Um, Swansea, we should say, uh, coached by Steve Cooper, yes. um, who is the ex-England uh, youth coach. So he coached England to the under-17 World Cup success. Yeah. There aren't and many England managers that can say they've won a World Cup. <laughs> That's true. Um, is this, he, this is his first like proper club. First proper job, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting for him. I mean, I... I don't know what you think, but generally the team that comes, I can't quote the statistics off the top of my head, mm. but the team that comes third never, never. <laughs> never gets <laughs> no. promoted. No. I think it's because you get so close. You, like Brentford this morning will wake up heartbroken. They were that cl- They were two goals away from getting into the Premier League. And now they've got to go and do it all again and play two, a two-legged playoff and then a final and to find the energy and the gumption to do it, it's going to be so hard. Whereas Swansea have just managed to get in and they're going to wake up this morning so high and just go, oh, hang on, we can get in the Premier League next year. 
we just got to win three games. And it's sudden, for them, it's a suddenly momentum's with them. It's such a different mindset, isn't it? It's almost like the playoffs aren't really fair because it's like yeah. you, 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 you're spot on. It is a, I have a horrible feeling that um, I don't mind a Fulham... I've always got a bit of a soft spot for Fulham because it's the Premier League ground that I um, go to the most because you can always get tickets. And it's, yeah, because no one goes there. Because no one goes <laughs> in Central London. I've, uh, I've been to see Fulham lots. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't, you know, Scott Parker, you know, he's done a done a good job there. Um, Cardiff, I just whatever. I don't want him to get promoted. Don't, no. I don't want Cardiff coming back up. Um, is it still? Is the Bond villain still there? The Bond Vincent villain. Tan. Oh yeah, I think he is actually. Yeah, with his gloves. Yeah. Um, the Bond villain. Yeah, I <laughs> I think oh, it's going to be Fulham or Swansea. I think, but I'd. Um, I, I really I yeah. mind Swansea out of that. I was going to say I want Brentford to go up. I really want Brentford to go up. If it's not Brentford, Swansea, um, because Fulham and Cardiff are just—they're becoming those teams that go in and out of the Premier League, and they're always there. Then they're not there, and it's just fun seeing different teams. So Brentford. Yeah, and and you—I mean—but we are seeing a little bit of a shift in that for years it has been the fairly boring teams that pick these established managers that you know have a good record of getting teams up and keeping them up, and it and it is pretty boring. But I think you know people like your your Potters um, mm-hmm. and your Wilders who are actually taking it a bit of a different way and going, you know what, we'll go up, but we'll do Play our football. own thing. And Brentford are definitely more that way. You know, they have a very clear way of how they're going to run their club and play football. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I agree. I think if we see those teams have success, I think that's only good for um, the, you know, the Premier League. Wider well. football. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, so they, the playoffs start this Saturday, Sunday, this weekend. So there's not much of a turn. Yeah, straight into it. Um, let's go to the other end of the league, Rog. Barnsley beat Brentford, which meant that they stay up and they were seven points from safety when the um, restart happened. Their manager, Gerhard Struber, um, which Jeff would have loved that name, I think. (laughs) Um, It looks really good. He's come in. He came in in November um, and they play him really good football. And he's a bold man. So I like him. And two, two last minute winners. Yeah. in two games to stay up. That really is, you know, seat of your pants stuff. I, I was watching that game and they all went mental at the end of the game. The, every, yeah. the whole club, all the coaches, all the staff, everyone just charged onto the pitch and went mental. But they could, in theory, still get relegated because yes. of the Wigan scenario. So if Wigan's appeal goes through, then they'll drop down and it'll be Barnsley, Charlton and Hull that go down. Is that right? It is, but it's also further complicated by the fact that there is also outstanding financial irregularity hearings um, for Sheffield Wednesday and, and Derby. Derby. So both of which, so Wigan's hearing is on the 31st of July that EFL have you know confirmed that Wigan will be getting a 12-point penalty. So that yep. is... That's you know, happening. It, yeah, it's happening unless Wigan's appeal is successful. But with Sheffield Wednesday, it's a lot more unclear. So their issue is that they um, uh, they got charged of misconduct over the sale of their stadium. 
Yeah. And without the sale of their stadium, they would have made a massive loss. Yeah. Um, okay. They would, you know, they would have fallen foul of. Um, yeah. The, the rules the in financial terms of fair play rules, financial fair play rules. Um, and so it's like you know how it was sold who it was sold to when it was sold you know there's all it's all a bit shady um, and the maximum points penalty for that could be as high as 21 points yeah wow so that'll put them down on 35 so they'd be bottom of the league so all of a sudden um, Barnsley would be back up again, so they might be going down and then back up again, and then and then because uh, Derby is a similar thing, is it? Some yeah. betting money they got from somewhere. Yeah, it's also the sale of their stadium. Yeah, so the only thing we know about these is that the EFL will have to make a final decision before the official end of the season, which isn't until I think it's mid August. Yeah, wow. But we could still be waiting, you know, a few weeks before these teams actually know, which is kind of tragic because I saw that mm-hmm. same as you, like those Barcelona players celebrating. And that's amazing to watch. And then... If they you know, go down after this, if they find out in two, yeah. the EFL just goes, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, Wigan's okay, so you're going down now, just be... Devastate. But you feel for Wigan too, because they have been on an mm. absolute tear since they found out the news and since um, lockdown, they have the best record in the championship. They've yeah. won eight eight from 10 games. Yeah, They've Jesus. been absolutely smashing it. They've done everything they possibly could um, and they might still go down. And even this morning, they were playing Fulham, who obviously had everything to play for. And the Fulham keeper had an absolute blinder. Yeah. You know, w- Wigan were on top in that game. So I, you know, I really, really feel for Wigan if they have to go down because they just, they, they don't deserve it in a football sense. No. Strange times. Um, so of, talking of people going down, of the five teams that were bottom on the 2nd of July when they league restarted, none of them, so Luton, Barnsley, Stoke, Huddersfield and Middlesbrough have got relegated. So within six games, all five of them have managed to pull it out of the bag, wow. which one is impressive form-wise, two just shows how close the championship is and how just if you get a run of seven or eight games in a row, yeah. you're fine. But they also, I mean, uh, you know, Stoke brought in Michael O'Neill, which yes. I think earlier Next in the year, which I think... Northern Ireland manager. Yeah, re- you know, really good appointment. Um, and I mean, you have to give Colin some credit, I suppose, but Middlesbrough were in a bit of a mess <laughs> and he's come in and kept them up. Yeah. And do, do, is he going to stay there or is he just doing it as a stopgap? I don't, uh, well, I think he would stay. I, he, I don't believe he was even on a contract or necessary. I think he was essentially on a, if I keep you up, I'll get the job. But, yeah. You just know, do your favour. Yeah. Well, and he's kind of, you know, it's then a route into management with him. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, you're right. It's such, that's why I find the championship fascinating because it is, it's such a compressed league. So close. Um, And let's finish, Rog, by talking about your uh, Bristol City who finished in absolute mid-table obscurity. (laughs) Played for nothing Same as last year. Yeah, (laughs) nothing to play for. Um, is there any hope for you next year? Um, 
Is it depending on who they get in a manager? Is anyone you want as manager? Or do you think next year you can actually go for the playoffs? They can because they've got a um, multi-billionaire owner. Yeah. Um, who glory will, hunter, Roger. You're a glory hunter. Who will... Well, no, no <laughs> it's... it's, it's the Steve Lansdowne is a Bristol man um, yeah. and has invested in all the local sports teams. So he's also invested in the, you know, the rugby team, the netball team, he, but he owns at least three of the Bristol yeah. sports franchises and he's a Bristolian. So yeah, he's, nice. he's not just a come in. I mean, yes, he's, he made his money from some horrible financial um, <laughs> something gross something gross <laughs> yeah but at least yeah. he's a he's a local yeah um but um it, oh, i think you know so the money i suppose is there the, the support's there the structure you know bristol's uh is the biggest city in the uk without a premier league team but and there's there's been some incremental improvement now for, we were a bit of a yo-yo team for a few years between the championship and league one they're now sort of fairly established in that um just between playoffs and mid-table obscurity <laughs> but it's it's hard because lee johnson had done a really good job but i just do you know he he reminds me of, this is really unflattering for him but <laughs> my only concern about him he was a little bit pardew-esque yeah okay you went on big runs streaky yeah. yeah, we'd go on a great run, but then he never seemed to be able to turn things around. Yeah, when the when the club went on a bad run. Yeah, you just kind of um, got stuck in a rut. Yeah, and the same things happened. You know, this season we we our record since um they came back from the break is absolutely abysmal, and I th- I think the club had just had enough of being not quite there. Um, I mean, I think look, I think it's an attractive job for someone because there'll be money to spend. Um, and you know, so that and there's certainly potential in the squad as well to be at least challenging for playoffs. Um, yeah. But there, yeah, there's a few managers there that have. Um, if looks at Gerard, obviously, and um, Cowley brothers, and yeah, and uh, ex Brighton manager. Um, oh, Hutton, Chris Hutton, Chris Hutton, um, who I've got a bit of time for. So I mean, I yeah, look, I'll retain some hope we'll for next see. year. I'm, I, I definitely had a bit of hope we might get playoffs this year, so I'm a bit disappointed at the moment, but I'll be, um, my optimism will be renewed for next year. <laughs> I think it's going to be a strange year in the Championship next year because of COVID and it's going to roll straight into next year. I think, and the league's so tight, you don't really know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. A Norwich can be brilliant when they come down from the Premier League. It's Probably. going to be a the parachute strange. payments will, will be big. The, the, I think I think the clubs coming down will have even more of an advantage than they already do. Yeah, I think it's bomb. Well, Rog, that brings us to the end of the first ever Shed Special. Um, have you got anything to add before we go? No, it's, it almost feels it's gone. This end of the season's gone so quick that it just feels a bit bizarre to be looking you know, towards the new season already, but actually it's, it's only a few weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they haven't um, signed a date yet, but I think mid-September, um, early September maybe. So, yes, yeah, five or six weeks away. But yeah, Bielsa, um, just for anybody that hasn't read about him or, you know, or, or looked it up, I would just go and say 
you know, go and have a read about Bielsa because you'll be excited about him yeah. coming into the Premier League. They're going to be so good. I just hope he doesn't leave before they play in the Premier League. I've got a horrible feeling that he might just turn around and go, done my job, see ya. And, oh, uh, no, surely he'd want to... Prove it in the Premier League. I think so. I, so. I think I think it would intrigue him enough to, you know, come and just have a go. go. I, I, I can see it not lasting that long. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, but I think he'll... Um, It'll give it a nudge. Give it a go. Sweet. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with a new Shed special at some point soon, I'm sure. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact or ask us any questions, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya.